0: It is a center for higher learning. It is a place with centuries of secrets in its shadowed halls. This is where you have come to learn the mysteries of the cosmos. Welcome to the Miskatonic University Podcast. We'll Hello, and welcome to the Katonic University Podcast, Episode 82. This is the podcast dedicated to Call of Cthulhu, another horror and Lovecraft-related role-playing games. I'm Keeper Dan, and in this episode, I'm going to be running solo again. So this is going to be largely just a campus crier with whatever commentary I happen to add into the process. But let's get things rolling. Miskatonic University Campus Crier. Campus Crier's Miskatonic U student paper. Here's where we go through mythos-related news and feedback for the podcast. This episode is recorded on June 28th, 2015. First up, I wanted to do a quick update on a couple of Kickstarters that I mentioned in the last episode. The Kickstarter for the Sedefkar Simulacrum Sculpture. That now has seven days to go, and it is well past its funding goal. So that's going to definitely be produced. So, If you're uh, interested in having a neat little prop that goes with your Horror on the Orient Express campaign, take a look. This is very neat, and uh, it looks like they've actually added some additional information. They made a female version of the simulacrum. So yeah, whenever you purchase a simulacrum, you can actually choose if you want it to be male or female. That is uh, kind of a cool idea. Because yeah, in the text it says, As more segments are joined, each person is more and more reminded of his or her own features. Then next up is the last four days remaining ...for the H.P. Lovecraft Literary Podcast live show at Necronomicon, and then later on in the year, in Chicago. So go on and take a look, and uh, pledge at whatever level appeals to you. Looks like a lot of the limited ones are all gone, but the you know $5 level is kind of the basic one, and that gets you all the audio that they record. So if you're still wanting to get tickets to either the Necronomicon or the Chicago recordings, those are both still available. And they have passed their first stretch goal, which was a full reading of The Statement of Randolph Carter by Lovecraft, as read by Andrew Lehman. If you're a listener to the podcast, and, well, you should be, then you will have heard Andrew Lehman doing a lot of their readings, and he's terrific at it. Their next arch goal, which is less than $200 away, is a full story reading of The Yellow Wallpaper written by Charlotte Perkins Gilman, and that is read by Heather Clinky. Next up, I have a little piece of chaosium info. This isn't news per se, but it's just an interesting article on the blog posted by Dustin Wright. And he is uh, musing about the Cult of Chaos. For those of you that are newer to the game, what this was was an organization that was sponsored by Chaosium of people who were willing to volunteer their time and actually run Call of Cthulhu games at local gaming stores and conventions and the like. And he is kind of thinking about how to potentially revive such an idea, which would be fantastic. Apparently, Dustin started up the Cult of Chaos back in '96 when he joined Chaosium originally. It's now been several years since they've had any kind of active GM program, and he would like to bring that back. He's done some research, talked to other companies, and, you know, there's a couple that are gigantic and massive, and they have all sorts of stuff that they can give to GMs, and then other ones are just sort of, you know, hey, we would love to have you do this, but it's all on your own resources. So, he's imagining somewhere in between there. So, Chaosium potentially providing some level of support, possibly an exclusive scenario, possibly you know, any number of things to help support GMs who are volunteering to run games at their local stores and cons. So please, you know, get in touch with uh, Dustin if this is something that you would be interested in doing and being a part of this organization. And that would be very cool to see, you know, where the Cult of Chaos comes back to life. So, you know, good on you, Dustin. It would be great to see it again. And next up, Kickstarter for the next book in the World War Cthulhu series, The Cold War. So yeah, this is 23 days to go. They are well past their funding goal. So this is uh, chugging along quite nicely. And what this is, is a primarily 1970s source book for both a player version and a keeper version. And so this covers the 1970s Cold War. So you've not only got issues going on with dealing with the mythos, but you're also having to deal with the Red Threat, the constant reminder of potential nuclear annihilation. And I lived through that particular era, and uh, that aspect of it wasn't a whole lot of fun, being afraid all the time and thinking that there was somebody who wanted nothing more than to push a giant red button that would destroy the world. That's not exactly how things actually were, but that's sort of how they you know, tried to uh, sell it to us. The books that are in the Cold War series include the Cold War Core Setting Book. That is coming in the standard edition with cover art. And the Deluxe Edition, which is a lovely gray with uh, just the logo on it and a couple of flags and an elder sign. It looks really nice. Then there is the Player's Guide. Then there is a supplement called Our American Cousins. Because remember, Cubicle 7 is a British company, so the primary book that they would do would be... British oriented. So they have an American supplement book to cover that. And then there's a campaign book called Yesterday's Men. And then there's a scenario supplement, which is basically lots of missions and allies and stuff like that that you can use to create multiple scenarios and uh, and adventures for the players. They've already gone past uh, several of the stretch goals, and so the different books are now expanding considerably. And there are plenty of add-ons that you can do with additional books and uh, PDFs. So go on over and take a look. I did ask, and Scott Dorwood was uh, nice enough to uh, tell me that this is focused on the 70s, but that if the line does well, apart from just the Kickstarter, but that if the Cold War setting proves to be popular, they will do additional time frame source books. So a 1980s book would be made available if this does well and proves to be a, uh, a popular era for them to focus more energies on. Which is one that I would like to see. I think the 80s were weird enough that it would be a fun backdrop to a Cthulhu investigation. So, nice job, Typical 7. Another successful Kickstarter. Then we have a campaign for Cthulhu, the art of Richard Luong And this is the artist who did a lot of the concept art for the Cthulhu Wars board game created by Sandy Peterson. This is a Kickstarter for a 160-page hardcover art book of that art for Cthulhu Wars. And it also involves... An exclusive miniature that he designed. So take a look at this Kickstarter. The artwork is simply stunning. And then there's also a beautiful sculpture that is usable within the game. Complete with stats for the Hound of the Tindalos. I really like his interpretation of the Hound, which is depicted as coming through a corner that is then filled with gases and stuff as it breaks the dimensional boundaries. And it has a sort of quadruped look to it, but it doesn't look like a dog, which is cool. That's an add-on for $15. And another exclusive miniature add-on that he has for $35 is one that was done by artist Martin Canale. He's a sculptor behind a lot of Sideshow Collectibles pieces, which are always just stunning. This is a Cthulhu miniature that is exclusive for the Kickstarter. It's 155mm. It's scaled with other tabletop games and can be used with Cthulhu Wars. So this is a different Cthulhu you could actually use with the Cthulhu Wars game if you wanted to. This one is much more beefy looking. It also has kind of an outer look to where it's almost like Cthulhu is sort of armored. He has a crustacean outer shell, if you will, over uh, portions of him. His legs, his forearms, hands, shoulders. A lot of that looks like he's got an outer exoskeleton to it. The wings have a lot of fine detail and... Almost looks like gill-like structures inside. It's really weird. But it's also a multi-Eyed Cthulhu interpretation, so that's pretty cool. So yeah, we want to take a look. This is a very neat Kickstarter campaign, and the artwork is just amazing. It's only got 18 days left to go. It is past funding goal, and I believe past a stretch goal too. And a little bit of housekeeping here. Tomorrow, we will find out who it is in the actual running for the Ennies this year. So on June 29th, there will be an announcement from the Ennies website on who it is that made it past the preliminary submissions and that the judges narrowed down to who gets to be in the final running. So then we'll find out if we made it to that phase or not. So everybody, cross your fingers. The Ennies also has the 2015 Fan Favorite Nominees, which is a form that you can fill out with a whole bunch of different nominees for uh, producers, publishers, and that is open and available until 11.45 p.m. Central Time on Thursday, July 2nd. So you've got some time to go on in there and take a look. At the same time, you can also go over and you can nominate the judges for next year's Ennies. So if you know of anybody who's wanting to be a judge for that, go in and take a look. And we got a little bit of feedback for the show. We got a an iTunes review, which uh, thank you very, very much. And this comes from forum user Fox01313. We've mentioned them on the podcast before. Thank you so much. This is a five-star review. And the topic of that, Cthulhu RPG Podcast of Greatness. And the text reads, If you want to dive into this tabletop RPG or horror gaming, this is the first place you need to go. Sure, it's long, but it's well worth the time as they go over different facets of the game rules setting GM player tips, as well as many other things. Highly recommended. Thank you so much, Fox. This is fantastic. And please, if anybody else would like to go over and give us an iTunes review, that would be much appreciated. We don't ask for them regularly. It's just, it gets old. But it does actually help with the rankings on the iTunes front page. And so that would be kind of cool to be able to pop up there once in a while if we get enough uh, good reviews within, you know, I think it's the way it works is usually that if you get enough of them within a certain chunk of time, then you're more likely to be featured on there. You know, they, Apple doesn't share any information as to how they do anything, so there's not really anything past guessing. And we also got a voicemail that was sent in. Thank you so much. Here we go from Ben. Hello, Miskatonic University podcasters. Uh, I was just listening to episode 78, where you mentioned the uh, naming of the moon Haster in the Firefly app. Um, I don't know if you remember me, my name is Ben Mund. I did a contest with you a while back about my game, Building an Elder God. And you're right, that moon was not named by accident. I know because I named it. <laughs> I did some work for QMX, both on their Map of the Verse, and I also did the uh, Firefly Atlas, and there was some latitude from the studio. We got to name a few things, so I stuck that one in there, and I also added, uh, there's a moon called El Hazrid in there. I don't know if it's in the app yet or not. Uh, in any case, love the show. Keep up the great work. If you guys want to get in touch with me, you can hit me up at, at BenMund, at B-E-N-M-U-N-D, on Twitter, uh, thanks again. Bye. Thank you so much, Ben. So, okay. That I was right there was actually a Mythos fan behind the naming of Haster. I don't recall running across El Hazred yet in the program, so I will have to see if that shows up at one point or another in my travels around the verse. It is nice to know that it is out there somewhere. The Atlas is one book I haven't picked up quite yet. I do have the Firefly deck plans, which is a spiral-bound series of intricate blueprints of Serenity, and uh, they are just amazing. But I appreciate the voicemail, and thank you so much for letting us know and wow you got to work with qmx that is one of my favorite fan run companies And for those who are not familiar with them this is quantum mechanics and they have licenses to produce items and prop replicas for a whole bunch of different um uh, franchises, and one of their first was Firefly. And so they have a lot of different Firefly things on there, with more coming out all the time, and they've also then picked up licenses for doing various items for Star Wars, Doctor Who, Star Trek, it just Warehouse 13, you know, just tons of stuff. So... I would highly encourage anyone to go take a look at QMX and uh, see if there's anything over there that appeals to you, because there is some really neat stuff that they make. Not a sponsor of this show. But you know who is a sponsor of this show? It's Cryptocurium. And for the spotlight for Cryptocurium offerings on this episode, I decided I'm going to point out that the July... Parcel of Terror has been revealed. Now this has come out a couple weeks back already, but I needed to kind of mention what's in this. There's still time to get in on the July one. So the Parcel of Terror for July is based around Silent Hill. In this, you'll get a map of Silent Hill. This is a recreation of the in-game maps. And so that's one thing I'm really looking forward to being able to get my hands on. I'm a fan of cool maps and this looks amazing. Also in this is the second half of the first of the two piece at the mountains of madness wall plaque. So this is the shug off half of that particular plaque that, fits nicely into the Elder Thing half, which I currently have hanging on my wall with my other plaques from the Parcel of Terror, and so they'll fit together to form a whole, or you can hang them up separate. There's also a sticker of the creepy nurse characters, and this particular nurse has what looks like a Spiked club that she is holding. Looks like maybe it's a uh, a giant lead pipe that has some spiky bits that could be pipe fittings on the end. The uh, magnet that is part of the Slasher Magnet series is also Silent Hilltide, and it is Robbie the Rabbit, which I haven't played the games, I'm not familiar with Robbie the Rabbit, but damn is this thing creepy. It is a, an adorable bunny costume sort of character with blood all over its mouth and face. There's also a pin called the Seal of Metatron, which that is quite the difficult thing for me to not say Megatron, but yes, this is the Seal of Metatron, not Megatron, and it is a pin which is a symbol that in the game is used to try and prevent the birth of Samael. Not the character from Hellboy, unfortunately, which is a an apocalyptic deity worshipped by the cult known as the Order in the game. It's a very highly detailed and sculpted pin. It's very cool. This is something that's also usable in-game. I could totally see this symbol being used. There's also a print of a painting that is encountered within the game, and that features Pyramid Head. He's holding a spear surrounded by caged, hanging caged victims. And there's also whatever the mystery item is for this particular parcel. Last month's parcel, the mystery item turned out to be a drinking cup. This is a black plastic cup with a really creepy face imprinted on it. This is from a, an image of they call Pazuzu from the 1973 film The Exorcist. So the text from last month's a mystery item was Possess yourself with the evil spirit of Pazuzu as you imbibe your favorite beverage from the legendary 1973 horror film The Exorcist. So, yeah, this is a black plastic cup, maybe about four inches high, and it has this light gray, really creepy face on it. Thank you, Cryptocurium, very much for putting something neat in there. And I think I'll probably do that of whenever I talk about the next uh, parcel of terror that I think I'll mention whatever the mystery item was for last month, because, well, it's not like that's coming back. So, uh Pop on over and take a look at the Parcel of Terror. Thank you, Cryptocurium, for your support. And as I stated before, this is going to be a short show because it's just me. You're probably sick of hearing me just ramble on so far. So, let's wrap things up. want to hear from our listeners. We have a lot of different ways you guys can reach out to us. Our main contact email address is feedback at mu-podcast.com. We've also got our Twitter account at mu underscore podcast. And you can join our, our IRC channel on the feedback page of the website. Our Providence, Rhode Island voicemail number. Is four zero one four hundred zero MUP. That's four zero one four hundred zero six eight seven. There's also the speakpipe link, look at it on the website. That's what Ben munge used, SpeakPipe. It was cool. It emailed me the file. Whenever you call us up or use the speakpipe, you can ask us a question, let us give a comment, whatever you like, or you can just leave us a liner. We would love to get some fresh ones where you just say who you are, and I'm enrolled at the Miskatonic University Podcast with a of Go Pods for our home team, the Fighting Cephalopods. Our website is mu-podcast.com, and you can find the show notes for this episode at mu com slash 82. That's the numbers, 82. The forums are mu com slash campus. Come join the community, be a part of the conversation. Be sure to go over and check out the sub-forums that cover the other podcasts, Skype of Cthulhu and the Good Friends of Jackson Elias. We're thrilled to have them as part of the community. Thank you to those who are patrons on our Joyride campaign. Your donations help out tremendously with the bills that are incurred with this show. Thank you for joining us for another episode, short as it may have been. Class is dismissed. The Call of Cthulhu role-playing game is property of Chaosium Inc. The written works of H.P. Lovecraft are held in the United States public domain. All other works mentioned in this podcast are the property of their respective owners. Original content of this show is copyright of the Miskatonic University Podcast under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License.